0: Tries Life Podcast, where we show you that women are capable of achieving incredible things when they have the right tools, strategies, and mindset in place. I'm your host, Victoria Smith. I am a stress reduction coach who is all about helping you reduce your stress so that you can actually enjoy your daily life. Now, today on the podcast, we are joined by an incredible woman, Kristen Dick. Now, I... I'm so pleased to be joined by this entrepreneur, fellow mama bear, and personal brand strategist. Full disclosure, Kristen actually worked with me on developing my own personal brand. Uh, Before working with Kristen, I really struggled with answering the question, what do you do? I mean, what did I do? I was a writer, a podcaster, a mom, a nonprofit employee, a coach, and so many things. Now what do I say to people? I help women reduce their stress so that they can actually enjoy their daily lives because that's what all of those areas come down to. Even as a mom, when I talk to other moms, I'm conscious of how I can help them feel like they're not alone. It all ties together. So a big thanks to Kristen for helping me figure this out and way more than just that statement. Now, if you're thinking that you're not an influencer or an entrepreneur and therefore personal branding doesn't apply to you, think again. In this episode, Kristen shares her own story of how she was working her butt off in this large organization. She applied for a promotion, and she didn't get it. And the feedback was that she did great work, but nobody knew who she was or really what she did. And so she talks about how she used personal branding to turn it around, to turn her career around. And so this is where personal brand comes in for the average person. So if you're in a similar spot, if you feel like nobody knows the impact of your work, that you're passed over for promotions, or that you struggle to communicate your value, this episode is a must listen. And I guarantee you it's going to help with those annual reviews. So make sure that you take a listen. Now, the Girl Tries Life podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. So this particular episode is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose where you buy your energy from. Park Power has low overhead and chances are that you will save money if you switch. So you can find out how much money you would save by visiting parkpower.ca and plugging your numbers into the Alberta Energy Savings Calculator. If you decide to switch, it's easy. Nothing changes about your service, only the price you pay. So learn more at parkpower.ca. Now, given that we're talking about branding today, I actually want to share with you an Alberta Podcast Network member who is all about social media strategy. So the, the podcast is called Don't Call Me a Guru with social media strategist Linda Huang and her guests. So she talks about all sorts of topics from how to use social media to build brand and community, you know, social media in politics, social media in journalism, and all those things. They're fantastic episodes, so I highly recommend you check it out, and I will link to it in today's show notes. So today's show notes can be found at girltrieslife.com forward slash podcast dash 111 because we're on episode number 111. Okay, so without further ado, let's head into the episode with Kristen Dick. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Victoria. So nice to actually meet you in person. Uh, For those that I probably will have mentioned this in the introduction, but Kristen did my personal branding work with me. So we had many Google Hangouts where you saw me and the baby and the
1: the cat who is currently present with us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We had a great six week session. Um, I love getting to know you and helping you build your personal brand. I'm excited. It's I, I already feel the difference that it's made. So this is
0: really just a shout out for you at the moment because oh. it's been, I used to always struggle with how to say all the things that I do. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like I have that go-to, this is what it is. Yeah, And it's so much easier good. and i'm using it in so many places now so good so you you've made my life easier good clarity's the goal so exactly. i'm glad
1: we achieved that
0: so let's go backwards so that mm-hmm. people know how you sort of got there you have a really great story about how you got into personal branding in the first place sort of a conversation you had with your boss so i'm hoping mm-hmm. you can
1: Tell us what that conversation was like. (laughs) So it's a little bit embarrassing, but I've shared this. uh, I've shared with all my clients. I share it when I speak on personal branding all the time. And yeah, it's it's my, I've created a personal brand story out of it. And I can kind of go into that a little bit more later too, but So years and years ago, gosh, eight plus years ago, I was a communications advisor. I was, I considered myself pretty ambitious because I worked really, really hard. I put in hours, thought of myself as always wanting to improve the work that I was doing. But I was, I was, I was a little bit afraid to put myself out there. And I realized looking back now, I was kind of floating. Yeah. I didn't really have direction. I was, I had ambitions, but not in the sense that I knew where I wanted to go, if that makes any sense. So I applied for the job, the manager of communications role, when it became available. So I applied, and then my boss at the time, well, or sorry, this senior director of marketing communications called me into his office afterward, and very kindly just said, you know, I know, and not a lot like of feedback, really on quickly, it. yeah yeah and didn't really get a lot of feedback and I was a little taken aback but I just also didn't have like the confidence or wherewithal to push for more information on why yeah yeah and nor did I go follow up afterwards either so some time passes someone comes into the organization um and a new senior uh VP comes in and she that's not really working out very well for this other person and so the the new my new boss comes into my office and she's asked her, she's asking me, you know, why didn't you apply for this job? I think we had gotten to know each other at this time. She would seen my work. She had seen, I'd been on the team for a while and asked me that. And I said, well, I did, but I didn't get the job and I didn't really, you know, learn a lot about why. And she goes, okay, well, interesting. And then sometime later, and we're talking like a month or two, she comes back into my office and she kind of like closed the door behind her. No. So I'm going, okay, she's going to, Like we're having a talk about something. And she says, Kristen, I know why you didn't get the job. And I said, I said, why? She goes, Kristen, you do great work. No one knows who you are here. And I was really taken aback. And it was kind of one of those like punch to the gut moments. Like, what are you talking about? Like people know who I am. And I reflected on it later and I realized she's right. Like I've been doubling down. I hide out in my office all day. I work really hard. But I'm not communicating the kind of work I want to do, the kind of work I can do. and I'm not building a lot of relationships within the organization. Right. So she made a really good point in saying, you know, if, when you want a job like this, you're you're allotted like a, a large budget. You're have the ability to hire people, that kind of thing. People need to have trust in you. And if you if they don't trust you, it's, it's a really uphill battle. So I started thinking, OK, I need to build start building trust with more leaders in the organization i need to communicate what it is i can do what it is i want to be doing as well and so that's what i did and looking back i realized i was building my personal brand within the organization and in a pretty short time i actually had three great opportunities that i got to do they were sort of like my dream jobs yeah and after that i i had my first child my son wesley I came back for a while. I got to work with the president and help her develop her brand uh, so as her is Lucy, communications right? advisor. So I came in when Lucy was transitioning out and okay. the current president, Karen Young, was okay. coming in. And so I got to kind of help them communicate this transition yeah. to all the stakeholders internally and externally. And then as Karen became president, I was working with her on all of her communications. That was my job. Yeah. Um, And so I loved it. I got to see how, you know, two just amazing women at amazing times in their career were using their personal brands to take the organization through challenging times, to build awesome relationships and make great um, partnerships and deals with external parties, like big, big groups across the city and across Canada. Yeah. And I got to, you know, see that in action and also support it happening too. And I realized this organization is so fantastic. There's so much um, diversity within it. This is such a great model. We need to see this more across Canada. There's so much research that proves that this is what we need to take Canada into the future, for our economy, for so many you know other benefits to our society. And I think there's some people that you know maybe don't believe that, but there's a lot of people that do. But how do we get there is sort of the missing piece in a lot of ways. Like how do we achieve diversity? Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly what all the answers are. I think it comes down to a lot of things, you know, whether it's policy, workplaces making a lot of change and women, of course, um, you know, taking it upon themselves. Like for me, I was ambitious, but I needed to step up step it up a little bit and put myself out there and be a little bit more brave. And personal branding was a tool for me that I was using. And so I wanted to teach other people how to use this tool and use it in a way that's really true to who they are. It's not about, you know, being someone you're not and mimicking, you know, a current style of leader. We don't need more of the same leaders. We need diversity, right? And so I left and I basically said, I need to do this. So I created a process from scratch and I've kind of been iterating it over time. And I uh, continue to adjust it as, as needed, as I learn, as I go, and as I get feedback. And uh, and that's how Avro came to be. And that's how yeah. my personal branding processes came to be. So for someone
0: that maybe thinks personal branding sounds very like a marketing term, how, mm-hmm. how do you explain it for the average person? human being?
1: Yeah. That's a really good question. There's so much out there about it right now. It's almost like one of those buzzwords. Buzzwords, Yeah. Yeah. And if you Google personal branding, it's like hundreds of pages come up about it. Yeah. And what I found was there wasn't um, really practical information about like actually how to go about it. Yeah. There's a lot of like why you should do it, not a lot of how. I find the one that's often quoted as the definition is a Jeff Bezos quote, which is your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room, which is not untrue but whenever I hear that it I think it makes me a little bit insecure and I can see why it makes other people feel a little bit insecure it doesn't really explain um to a non-marketing person especially how do you go about doing it yeah it feels out of your control that quote yeah yeah yeah, when really very much is in your control um so the way that I have kind of created a definition for it and it's personal branding is how you communicate your value to your target audience so you start with understanding you know, who is your target audience? Who are your stakeholders? Is it the leadership within your organization? Is it your ideal target customer, the person you want to be working for? And what's your value? What do you do that's different? You're not just you know, an accountant. It's yeah. what problem are you solving for people? How are you providing value for them? And then communicating it. It's not enough that you know it. Like yeah. for me, I knew, I'm like, I'm a really great writer. I'm great at this and this. But I wasn't telling anybody about it. Yeah. You need to communicate it regularly, not just once. But you need to just be showing up with yeah. it and sharing it. And I think,
0: yeah, it was so helpful for me because it's not, it's something that you can use in all of your marketing efforts, mm-hmm. which I, I felt going into it, I kind of wasn't sure exactly what the outcome would be. I kind of thought, well, this will help me. This will help my about me page and like how I do that kind of work. But it's it is so integrated into, you know, every how I show up on Instagram how or social media, how I show up in my newsletter. Mm -hmm. Like all the all the ways in which I communicate with people.
1: This has been helpful. Oh, good. So brand is the foundation. But it's so intimidating for a lot of
0: people. And Mm -hmm. I like and I used to I said to you multiple times, like. It was like my dirty secret. I had a I have a marketing degree. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can't work with that.
1: I worked with uh, at least two other women, same thing. They have marketing yeah. degrees too. And it's just that objective lens I think that I can I can help. So with. how do you think the average person can figure
0: out elements of their personal brand? Cuz like you're saying it's so hard to be in to objectively see
1: interpret what it is you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. I think you start with reflection. So looking at, you know, what, what are your values? What are your skills? What's your personality traits? And really celebrating that. And then looking at who it is that you want to serve with your service, with your product, um, within your organization and finding parallels or alignment between the two. Because you're a lot of things. Yeah. But it's about, you know, showing people what you have in common with them. Yeah. Whether, you know, value alignment. That's where store becomes so powerful. And, sh- and you know, p- yeah, pulling the pieces to show them, you know, exactly how it is that you can help them. Yeah. Do you know, it's
0: so funny that um, this is just a tangent, but I shamefully follow a lot of U.S. politics. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like car crash television right now. Yeah. But, What's occurring to me with personal branding, I was just listening to a podcast episode where Joe Biden was talking about, sh- the person was saying, how would you describe yourself to someone that didn't know who you were, which mm-hmm. is very few people for Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was saying, I would probably lead with my values and talking about how I've always been um, someone that fights against abuses of power. and that occur- And so I'm listening to that and I'm like, you are running for president because that is... That is the perfect personal brand, and then that then leads me to think of, what is it, like 10, 15 people that are running for the Democratic nomination, and Mm -hmm. it's like, some of them have really terrible personal brands, Mm -hmm. because I don't know, like I I was listening to Pod Save America talk about, like, you know, you need to know someone's story. That ties so critically into your personal brand, because if, sorry, my train of thought here is going, there are a lot of people that are talking about their policies. Yeah. But that is, when we were talking, that's what I do, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's what you do. That's not who you are. And they need to be talking about who they are to stand out. Yes. So I imagine you watch you watch a lot of this with interest uh, as a personal branding person going, you're not doing that right. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I think I remember us having a politics chat uh, a couple months ago. And maybe it was Ted Cruz who was under fire um, at the time. This might have been back in November. Yeah. So he was interviewed, and it might have been either an interview or a debate even with, uh, I would say it wrong, Beto or Beto? Beto? Beto, yeah. Yeah. So, and you know he spent days and hours and thousands of dollars preparing for this, right? Like, this is the moment. And (laughs) he... (laughs) And now this isn't the best example because he won the race, but so that he's done all this preparation, he's ready to talk about policy. And what comes out of this is he's asked, you know, tell us, tell us about yourself. And he's Uh. off. (laughs) He's struck. He can't answer the question. And like people are kind of commenting on this 10 seconds of very awkward, uncomfortable silence where he's sort of like, I don't He didn't know what to say. And so that's where we want to begin is, yeah. you know, who are you? Why are you here? What brought you here today? Yeah. You know, you, you're dragging your family through the mud. You're dragging yourself through the mud yeah. by being here. What compels you? Like that's so powerful yeah. for people. Yeah. Um, you can We can look past that you maybe voted uh, a way that, you know, isn't in alignment with uh, today's values in some cases. Yeah. Because we, we know your why. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I think that is definitely something that um, certainly for politicians. Yeah. And I often hear from people, you know, so-and-so has a personal brand, so-and-so as a personal brand, and I, I don't have a personal brand. I'm not a celebrity. Or, um, and they're seeing people with, like, really gr- huge budgets for media buys and yeah. things like that. And I'm like, but do you really know why it is that they do what they do or what it would be like to work with them? Yeah. That's that's a strong personal brand is if you know what it's good, what that's going to be like. Yeah. If you're walking in blind – then that's not really a strong personal brand, is it?
0: Yeah. So I'm curious, like you've talked about those building relationships at United Way when you were, once you had built that personal brand, what mm-hmm. does it tangibly look like in the workplace to apply mm-hmm. your personal brand?
1: Mm-hmm. Starting to understand the needs of other people within the organization and being able to anticipate them and be able, being able to address them. So it starts by asking lots of questions, asking people out for coffee, I would ask for five minutes on someone's meeting agenda, like a team meeting, and just say, I want to understand, because I was doing communications, so I wanted to understand, have a better understanding of the questions that you're getting a lot, questions that you're having trouble addressing. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be able to help you. So it started to do that, just be able to show, you know, why I have a vested interest in helping you. And two, I think I'm able to help you. So let's work together. Yeah. So it, that's, uh, that's also an example that I share with people when they think, you know, personal brand is like blah, 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 me, 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 yeah. me. It's not all about that. It's really about really understanding of how you can effectively help people. Yeah. Um, and then it became, you know, when I did have something to present back, inviting everyone to come back and saying, can I have 10 minutes to present to everybody? And standing up in front of them, Because that makes you stand up. It makes you stand differently. It makes you talk differently. Mm -hmm. You feel it puts you in a position of authority. People trust you a little bit more and you present it back to them in a nice way. So you're one, you're following through on exactly what you said you were going to do. So I'm saying I want to listen to you and I want to help you and I'm going to follow through on that. Yeah. And so that at, at its most basic and simple is how you build the foundation of your brand is that reliability. I say on this, I'm going to follow through on it. Yeah. Yeah. And then a- answering any questions that might come up about it and being transparent.
0: Yeah. It's, have you read uh, high performance habits by Brendan Burchard? No, I haven't. Really good. So he basically talks about how there's six key habits to all the high performers that he's kind of seen and like has done a survey on like a 100,000 people like he's done the biggest survey I think that there is on performance and habits relating to each other and one of the key habits is influence mm-hmm. and that's the one where I definitely was like when I did the cells personal test like I ranked the lowest and it But again, that also ties in exactly to what you're saying, being the authority on something, being able to work with people and help support them like that. Mm -hmm. Those are all things that he talked about in influence. So not Mm -hmm. only does it help you sort of stand out, but it actually improves your performance. Yeah. And in supporting others as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And then as that relationship grows, then they start coming to you and you start anticipating, oh, I see you have this coming up now. Let me see if I can help you by preparing with this with you or... Yeah. yeah. So it's Yeah, exactly. I'm going to have to read that book.
0: It's really good. So you talked about creating Avro, wanting to really dive into personal branding for, for many, many people and not just in this one organization, but this was your first journey as an entrepreneur, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that like? <laughs> because the, it's one thing, right? To, to have a, a really great senior role in a phenomenal organization and then to say, okay, I'm going to step out from that and uh, you've got big dreams and you know
1: you can do it mm-hmm. but there's the fear right so mm-hmm. what was that journey it was really scary it still is yeah I had a great job with a phenomenal boss um, but it was something that I had always wanted to do was to start a business was to go out on my own and I, re- I realized now is the time. In some, in so many ways, it was the worst time, because my husband was also starting a business at the same time, which is crazy. I knew I wanted to have another baby, and so you know you want to have your finances in order and everything like that when you're yep. having kids, healthcare, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So in many ways, it was the worst time, but it felt right. It felt like I just needed to do it. Yeah. And so. I have, I was supporting my husband to get his going off the ground. We had it planned and I'm really fortunate. He was also super supportive of me doing it too. I look back and I still think sometimes we were, we are kind of crazy for taking the leap at the same time, but we're, we didn't want to ever look back and regret it. We didn't want to reach, you know, five or 10 years down the road and think we should have, I wish we'd have done that. And now we have different commitments and things like that and we can't. So yeah, so it's been, it's been all the things. It's been a wild ride. It's been, you know, the loneliness of starting a business, of being an entrepreneur. I've definitely felt that. But I've also felt like an amazing community that I didn't know existed in the city. Um, And I'm fortunate to have that because of my experience with ATBX, which I'm very excited about you joining too, um, being a part of the, the group. Yeah, I've made awesome friendships. I've gotten to know really incredible people. It's been like, There's, you know, there's so many different, um, get or not gifts, memes and, you know, things like that. And, uh, one of the pictures that I like is sort of like, you think it's going to be this like linear, like rising line. You're going to grow. It's going to be, you know, steady, steady, all of that. And I kind of went into it thinking that's what it was going to be. Yeah. And it totally wasn't (laughs) so many things fell through, but then there's been like some really fantastic, wonderful surprises too. Yeah. But it's sort of like the truth is it's like up, down, backwards, forwards, and then like a giant squiggling cluster. You know what? Yeah. Is. And that's all in like, some people are like, that's a year, that's a week, that's a day, that's an hour. Yeah. Right. That's what it looks like.
0: So especially with both you and your husband being entrepreneurs and having two young kids, I imagine that makes some of the dips slightly more concerning. Uh So how do you handle those? Like what is your, how are you handling the stress? Because I (laughs) like to talk about stress reduction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the, I've never been that great at managing and handling stress. Yeah. So some days it just looks like, like a blowout, like a fight or my stress, me just having to be like, I need like 20 minutes. Like I'm gonna, like, I can't take it anymore kind of a thing. So I guess what I've learned, and I'm still very much learning, we're still in it. We yeah. have a three-year-old who's <laughs> wonderful and, like, the funniest person on the planet, I, th- I think. But also pushes me to my limit on a very regular right? basis. Yeah. Right. We have kids the exact
0: same age, by the yeah. way. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's real, so funny. For my listeners. Yeah.
1: yeah. A nine-month-old who's a wonderful baby. I love her. But she's also a baby. So, like, things things are changing all the time with her you know there is no status quo no absolutely not and then a business that's going through ebbs and flows and all kinds of different things and highs and lows so for Russ my husband and I what we found works and at the end of the year we kind of do like a year in review it's not like about resolutions just yeah or AGM (laughs) like what worked what do we need more of less of that kind of thing and yeah this year was really evident what we need to be doing more of and be more disciplined about actually doing it is our Sunday night meetings Yeah. where we, him and I, we put the kids to bed, we talk about, we kind of like meal plan. We talk about what's going on in the week. Yeah. Um, just so we're in communication, like I've got this going on, I've got this going on. And even just to to say like, not even if something doesn't impact his schedule, because we're like trading yeah. off on childcare and the responsibilities for the house and stuff like that, but this this is happening and it's like weighing on me and stressing me out or I have like a lot of anxiety about it. Like, so then your partner knows about it too. That like, yeah. I might not say it, you might not see it in the calendar because, because of the nature, he's also works in, uh, he's a financial coach. So his calendar is like blanked out to me. I can't see who he's meeting with all that kind of stuff and vice versa. So we just know we're busy at these times. Yeah. So to be able to say like, this is happening, it's really stressing me out. That kind of thing is, I think really s- a good, like, just you know, basic yeah. thing to do uh, to ha- when you have a partner. Yeah. Like, this is making me anxious this week. Just so you know.
0: Well, and I think it. it there's something we talk about in coaching a lot in terms of like mental rehearsal, and mm-hmm. and those planning weekly meetings are a big part of that. Like, if you, there's nothing worse than the unexpected coming up, or like you will be resentful of your partner if suddenly they're like, oh hey, I have to work late tonight, and you've got the kids. Whereas if you're like, oh, like my husband works a lot of evenings, weekends, and it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I know he's working that evening. I will figure it out. I will get some extra help or I will go somewhere and do something, all that kind of stuff. You can, when you know it's coming, you can prepare for it. And, And like you're saying as well, moods or states of mind, like if you know your partner is incredibly stressed, then when they snap at you for not doing the dishes you're going to react differently than if it came out of mm-hmm. nowhere. You're like, what? Yeah. So there, there, there is really something to be said for being able to prepare. And whether it's even just like if you are not in a relationship, like being able to plan your week out kind of thing because yes. letting the day-to-day I tell you meal planning I hate doing it but it makes my life better
1: absolutely but I hate it yeah it's <laughs> saying here absolutely hate it but you notice when you don't do it that's for sure there's nothing yeah. worse it's like four thirty, five o'clock you've got two hungry cranky kids looking at you and you're like pasta with nothing. sauce yeah done. <laughs> like, <laughs> how quick can I get this done <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. we do a lot of breakfast for dinner over yeah. here because yeah.
0: we always got eggs yeah Yep. It makes the kids happy. Exactly. <laughs> so if you were talking to a new entrepreneur like myself, mm-hmm. what is the biggest sort of advice or lesson that you would give them?
1: Ooh. Um that's a good question. I think for me a big difference was a difference maker was surrounding myself with, you know, people in a similar spot. And that's where ATBX became and still is really great like I can have really open honest conversations with people um, and just say like this is where I'm at in my business or like celebrate the highs come together around the lows yeah Um, because if you don't have that I think it's it would really suck yeah you'd be so lonely and I've had those days where I am becoming a little bit disconnected from the community and like I got to change this yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah this switching gears a little bit. I remember when we were talking in the early stages and I was talking to someone about this as well the other day. They were explaining. Oh, yeah, I was. T- yeah, I was talking to an ATBX entrepreneur strategist yesterday. That's where this happened. Ah. Um, And she was saying a lot of people get worried about, say, vanity metrics with social media like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many followers you have, how many likes you have, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. When what really matters is the level of engagement. And that's mm-hmm. what I always feel when I look at your social media is that you've got really good engagement on there, I think. Oh, thanks. And, and, and that was the same thing you said to me at the time. Cause I think I had that, I um, you know, 10,000 followers. Then I get this wipe up function, mm-hmm. which everybody wants. Mm-hmm. But then I, then there's plenty of accounts that I follow thousands of followers very few likes in comparison and it's really interesting like i'm curious this is just throwing this out there i'm curious on the other side what advertisers are looking for like are they actually like do they get caught up with the vanity metrics are they looking at the engagement
1: levels Mm -hmm. this is a general question i have Mm -hmm. in case you know the answer (laughs) i think a little bit i think uh, advertisers are starting to get a little bit more savvy about in true engagement and it's not just about likes and comments because we're starting to realize the comments are a lot of them are coming from bots yeah um or they're just you know like transparently people are writing not even just a comment like please follow me is their comment yes yeah. and so what I look for and what I think advertisers are looking for. So what I look for is um, I love getting, you know, I think it's great to get likes and comments, especially if they're real comments. Like, you know, if I post about a book that I read or something interesting and someone comments back about, I also found that interesting, or this is my lesson or takeaway from it too. It means they're actually reading it, actually thinking it through and taking that time. So yeah, those likes and comments are great, but what I look at is how many DMs I get per month asking about my business. Asking about what it's like, you know, can we have a talk about working with you? Yeah. That to me means people are really listening and interested in what I'm doing and that there's a value alignment that they feel like they can and should reach out to me. Yeah. So I can have like lots of likes or a few likes. And when those that comes through, that's what I'm measuring. Yeah. And I think what other big brands and advertisers are looking for is it's not about likes and engagements when they're working with say an influencer or somebody else they want to understand previous campaigns and uh, content that they've created what's been the results of that yeah the conversion rate yeah I guess your DMS are like your pre-conversion conversion
0: rate yeah
1: yeah, yeah it's like leads like who's yeah you know interested enough to yeah. reach out to me yeah mm mm-hmm. so one of the things I, I noticed
0: for myself, at least in personal branding, so I imagine it would be similar with your other clients, is because there's that reflection and mm-hmm. that introspection, there are times where I was like, this feels a little bit like counseling or <laughs> therapy or whatever, because or mm-hmm. coaching, because it is that, yeah, that deep dive look at yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you ever struggle with that on the other side, helping people sort of
1: parse through that because mm-hmm. I mean figuring out who you are and what your story is can be a challenge yeah it can be a challenge and I tell people from the outset like we go deep this isn't like a surface level image crafting yeah. thing this is us you know helping you tell people who, who you are and who you really are and so we have lots of laughs sometimes there's tears um, it's all the things so I'm, I'm comfortable with all of it I don't struggle through it I think it just means when people are being like really vulnerable i think that's a really positive thing yeah i think it means that they're going to have really strong connections with their audience by putting themselves out there i also I always balance that when you know if i see someone is you know emotional by saying you know i'm never going to encourage you or push you into doing something that you're not ready to or you're not comfortable with so we're going to find we're going to if you want to pursue this you know as a story as an element of your brand we need to do it in a way that you are comfortable with. Yeah, um, so I don't struggle with it. I've heard from uh, I've heard my clients say uh, you are you are like a coach or you know things like that. So sometimes I think maybe I should have should I look into coaching potentially? I am not really sure yet. I think do you've I need got more the skill set, framework? anyways. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's all about not you know, making, there's like a fine line in like pushing people and encouraging people. Cause I yeah. know I knew I had to do that myself. I yeah. needed, and I needed like, um, my, my boss at the time to be like, if you want to do this, if you want to go here, this is what you need to do. And it was really massively uncomfortable when I first started speaking in front of audiences. And I was, I was an incredibly shy person and in a lot, I'm still an introvert and I'm still kind of a shy person. So Sometimes I like to tell people, if I can do it, you can do it. I think the people that I went to high school with, probably, I mean, some of my family members, when they see me speak, they're surprised to see that I can do it, even. So, for me, when I'm working with people, it's that fine line of, like, if this is what you want, then I want to encourage you to do it, but I'm not going to push you beyond, like, if if it's just a little bit of discomfort, then, like, let's work through that. But if it's more than that, then that's something that I'm not gonna make you feel very, very uncomfortable about and, and encouraged too hard.
0: Well and that really I think ties into authenticity because which is also a buzzword that's mm-hmm, going around. Mm-hmm. But I feel like because everyone's talking about being authentic online and in the social media space that you see people who are almost what does Brene Brown call it? She calls it like a um like a vulnerability hangover, like they're being overly vulnerable and overly mm-hmm authentic in quotes and Mm -hmm. you can tell that it's not maybe maybe it's not that it's not who they are but they're not comfortable with sharing it or because if they were it wouldn't come off as awkward as it
1: does Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm.
0: so it's that needing to yeah like you're saying get to that comfort point don't share what you're not comfortable sharing because again Yeah, if you, you know, if it's what people were saying about you when you're out of the room, would you have told them that anyways?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good question. And sometimes with being vulnerable, it's like anything else, it takes some practice. So it comes off as like wobbly and wonky maybe the first couple times. And then as you realize, like, I didn't dive when I told people that, next time I say it, I can, it can come off a little more smoothly or I can like be even more true to myself about it. Yeah. I love it. (laughs)
0: Go on social media right now and you will see hashtag self-care trending with pictures of wine glasses, bubble baths, and mani-pedis. Now I don't know about you, but those don't cut it for me. I'm on a mission to help women reduce their stress so that they can better enjoy their daily lives, which is why on June 3rd, I'm launching the Summer of Self-Care online coaching series. In this program, you'll learn how to create self-care habits that last, that fit into pockets of time, and that work for you you're going to learn how to incorporate real self-care at home, at work, and in your online world. So this small group of eight women will learn these new tools each week while being accountable to one another in the process. Because when you're accountable to someone, you are up to 95% more likely to achieve the change that you're aiming for. So join me, Victoria Smith, and Stress Less Ladies in the Summer of Self-Care series to make self-care a lasting lifelong habit, leaving you energized and engaged with life. You'll find the registration link in today's show notes. Now back to the episode. <laughs> so I, I guess the last thing I will ask really quick is if people want to work with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I will link to your website in the show notes, but maybe if you could give them an, um, an understanding of what that kind of looks like, because I mm-hmm. think when I was the first looking at personal branding, I was like, I don't know exactly what my my takeaways will be kind of thing. So maybe if you give people an idea of what the process and the takeaways are.
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So uh, it's a six week process where we work one-on-one together. Uh, I am looking into doing more group things and online, uh, online courses and things like that as well. But right now it's one-on-one over six weeks. So six sessions and we meet over Google Hangouts or Skype or Zoom or whatever uh, you're most comfortable using And that just is something that saves both of us a lot of time. And I think it still works and we can file share and things like that and work off the same thing. So I find it works quite nicely actually. Um, So that six weeks starts with us, doing a really deep dive and what I call the personal brand discovery session. So it's 90 minutes where I'm asking, I'm basically interviewing you, asking all kinds of different questions and really honing in on your goals short-term and long-term. And that helps uh, helps us create a strategy for your personal brand. We want it to align to your business goals. And so those are the results that we want to have and begin to see at the end. What do you want to get out of this process? What's your main challenge? For a lot of people, they come to me kind of similar to what you said, Victoria, i've got all these different things i want to be able to talk about it in a cohesive way and i don't want my audience to be confused about the things i do and so that's a really common one so clarity for yourself so that your audience can be really clear on what it is that you do and the value that you provide we work together to create a personal brand statement and a personal brand story so your statement is how you answer that pesky question whether you're at a networking event or you're filling out your resume and you have an objective statement uh, that you need to put on there or on your LinkedIn or you are just out at a party and someone says what do you do rather than saying you know I'm an accountant or whatever you have a, a more powerful answer you address the value you provide and to whom and it's something short and sweet and memorable and something that you've memorized and then we start talking about your personal brand story. So we're really honing in on your why and we build it out so that it's uh, short enough that you can answer and tell a story if you're just chatting with someone in line at Safeway at the checkout or uh, a medium sized one if you're really engaged with a potential client or a long one. So you're gonna tell this speech as a full uh, story as a as a speech someday, which um, some of my clients have started doing, which is really, really exciting too. Yeah. And that is something that's really powerful. Storytelling is what people remember the most about you. Because we learn through storytelling, right? Yep. We both have little kids. So we both read, you know, hundreds of books (laughs) every week. So we see how that happens in real time. Yeah. Um, And then we start working on uh, your social media overview. So looking at how you're connecting with your audience on there. What are some pillars and topics of conversation that you wanna be uh, sharing with people that help to illustrate your brand? make it real for people, things that people can come to rely on you for. They know that this is about you. And as your brand grows and you evolve as a person, then you can start layering more and more on. And then a visibility plan. How are we going to get you in front of the people that you need to be in front of? How are we going to pitch you to um, different people or media outlets and things like that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'm just going to say, I found the pillars for social media so incredibly helpful because it was especially Instagram was one of those like, what am I going to post today? Mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. this, str- the, it was like the stress of meal planning. It was the same <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, so totally. it definitely gave me a framework to work in within mm-hmm. and just serious shout out to, for anyone that's listening that wants to do their personal brand. Kristen's amazing. Cause the other thing was that, yeah, what do you do? I feel like what you've done with the brand statement is that, yeah, if you say what your job title is, that sort of shuts down a conversation, but I've found in real time that the brand statement opens conversations. Yes. Yeah. Um so instead of saying, "I'm a life coach." Mm-hmm. You know, now when I say my brand statement, people are like, "Oh, what does that look like?" or "Oh, tell me more." kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it it really begins a dialogue that leads to leads yes. and, you know, supports your business. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, that's yeah. that's the whole point. One of the best compliments I got from um, a client was that After us working together, they were able to, they had so much, you know, stress and uncertainty about talking about themselves and talking about how they align with their business. Yeah. They were spending a lot of time worrying about it because you're, you know, filling out things about for business grants or when you speak or when you introduce yourself, you go to an event, you're posting on social media. It's like all this mental energy and stress. And they were like, now that I've got that figured out, I can... I can just run with it, feel good about it, see it's getting me places, and I can focus on other areas of my business to help it grow. Yeah. And I was like, that's exactly why I do this.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Well, if it's okay with you, I think we'll move into the final five questions I ask everyone. Yeah. So we might have talked about it already, but we might not have. What are the projects or things that get you fired up in a really good way? Mm.
1: My work does, uh, especially working on people's brand stories so much there's so many kind of rich things that come out of their rich elements that we can add to their brand even if it doesn't necessarily make it into uh the the bullet points that comprise their story there's other pieces that I always save and I um talk to them about you know this is sort of like a key message for you to share on your website when you're working with people and I just feel like so lucky that people trust me enough to share these this with me and uh yeah. That really gets me fired up when yeah. we we're starting It's in session three. And when I see them go out and share their stories, because we like to do it in real time, yeah. get get out there, start practicing it soon. And then they come back and start saying like, oh, I saw someone's eyes light up and we had this great conversation and they get what I do now because because I shared this with them. Yeah. And people want to kind of, no one thinks that they have a story. That's one thing I've learned. But when, you know, you show them that they, in fact, do and that it's really powerful, that yeah. really gets me going. Do you know, it's fascinating
0: that you say that because I listen to a lot of biographies, autobiographies on Audible or whatever. And like mm-hmm. Michelle Obama's recently. And I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, she's got a good story. And I was like, <laughs> what would my story be? And like I really had to, like you're saying, most people don't think they have a story. And then mm-hmm. when you actually do a deep dive, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. push comes to shove. I could write some. Yeah, like a great story. Yeah. yeah and Like childhood. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I know you are also a bit of a reader.
1: So, mm-hmm. do you have a sort of favorite book of late? Well, yeah, I love uh since starting my business and st- since I be- started building my brand and taking my career more um being more strategic about it, I s- have started reading tons of books and I've actually started a uh, kind of series on LinkedIn where I kind of do like a book review yeah, and uh, pulling out my favorite nuggets and pieces from different books and sharing them. So I just read, you mentioned Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. So I read that uh, just last month in January and that was, I thought, phenomenal. I really, really, really enjoyed it and I'm getting to go see her when she comes to Edmonton in March so amazing yeah so I'm very very excited about that yeah I loved her book um there's some I took notes of some of the things she said in there I thought it was really powerful it she talks a lot about owning your voice yeah and discovering your voice and sharing it and the power that comes in that and this sort of theme throughout the book that um she ties together really nicely of which is her story of, am I enough? Yeah. And I know I can relate to that. I think so many people can, you kind of, you, you're always thinking, you know, am I enough? Am I enough? Yeah. And then you move into the next thing. And now you're like, well, now am I enough for, for these people? Am I enough for my clients? Am I enough yeah. for my kids? And, yeah, and that kind of thing. And, but she still says, you know, you know, own who you are and yeah. you're, you have that in your mind, but share, share what, you know, share how you can, help people, how you can support people and always be listening to yeah. them as well.
0: Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you have one for like, say someone was wanting to, they're on a low budget, they're trying to DIY their personal brand. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a go-to kind of brand
1: or that type of book? Yeah, there's, um. so the first book about personal branding came out in the 90s by Peter Montoya. It's called, uh, the brand called You. Okay. And it's interesting too, because it predates social media, which I, because a lot of people say, oh, personal branding is like your social media. And as you know, that's like one of the last things that we get to. Yeah. That's a really great layering on of your personal brand, but it's not, you know, the foundation of your personal brand. There's that how to win friends and influence people, which is a lot of, you know, look people in the eyes. When you say you're going to do something, you deliver it. And I think that's also like relates really well to personal branding. Yeah. There's a book called Brag. Um, that I think is really good kind of like basic personal branding book too because it really compels you to realize um, if you're not talking about yourself then no one is yeah and it makes that point really really clear so yeah as uncomfortable as it can be you got to do it yeah and you you got to find your way to do it that isn't bragging it's just you know owning who you are and owning what you're great at
0: yeah this is a total aside but did you see the the second one of the Fire Festival documentaries, the one that was on Hulu.
1: No, I didn't.
0: Okay, so they inter- they had some of the influencers mm-hmm. that were like selling the tickets, who I've never heard of before because they're just not <laughs> my bag or whatever. Yeah, and they were talking about how this was affecting their brand, their brand, the brand. Mm-hmm. And the interviewer said to multiple of them, "What's your brand?" And they stopped, like they just completely paused, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Fun." Oh, my goodness. Lighthearted. <laughs> Positivity.
1: Just generic statement well, after and generic. Well, I was looking
0: at them and I'm like, okay, I didn't know who you were to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I still don't know who you are because that means nothing. <laughs> like, But they were genuinely like, I mean, these poor 20-somethings, but they were just like, that my brand.
1: Yeah. Well, without having seen that, that doc or knowing who they are, yeah. I guess what I think is that's part of the reason that they didn't ask the right questions. They didn't ask, you know, are you in alignment with my values? They didn't ask, you know, the fire festival, you know, what's their end goal, that kind of thing. They just saw, oh, you're going to pay me 10 grand to do a post. Done. Yeah. All Right. Yeah. Sorry.
0: This always happens in the final five. As I come up with more (laughs) questions that I have, and I have one more question for you. One of the things I was realizing in the personal branding process was that I don't know that I could have done this five years ago Or if I could have, my brand would have looked so totally different Mm -hmm. because my life and my life experiences have changed. Mm -hmm. Is this something that you see people having to sort of recalibrate every, I don't know, five years or whatever or or every sort of major
1: life change? Mm -hmm. One of the things that we work on at the very end of our time together is talking about how to evolve your brand. Because as people, we constantly growing, changing, your business is going to change, you know, you're going to have new and different lived experiences that could impact your business the way that you support and help your target audience. And so you want your brand to be able to reflect that. So you do that in a couple of ways. One of the things I recommend people doing is doing kind of like a a personal brand audit or year end, whenever that might be for you, if it's in the fall, if it's, for me, it's at the end of December, really like actually looking at, What did I do this year? What did I learn? What can I add to whether it's, you know, on my LinkedIn, things like that, those sort of more um, tactical or like more things that are elements. But if there's something that's massively changing, then yeah, you would want to kind of really look at, you know, how are you talking about yourself? And, And then your brand statement would likely change. But what I've done with my clients is I've talked to them about this is the framework of what a great brand statement looks like. So as you have changed and it's showing up differently in your business and in your life, then you would want to update your statement. It doesn't need to be this static thing. You're not yeah. stuck and confined within this personal brand. It's something that helps you move forward. So if, yeah. if it's not, then you definitely want to be adjusting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Do you have a favorite quote or words that you live by? Yeah, one of the things that um, I was never really a quote person until yeah. I started a business, and yeah. then I think it just goes to show like you need those things to help push yeah. you forward. And stuff I would like, like to that. clarify,
0: Kristen arrived with a quote in a frame, like a framed <laughs> yeah. quote
1: of mine for me. Yeah. So you've become a quote person. I've definitely become yeah. a quote person. <laughs> so a couple of them. One of them that's that's really helped me along is action leads to clarity. Because sometimes I want to, I love living like high level strategy. That's one of my sweet spots. But I can like live there for way too long. i doing research, thinking of all the things. I love that space. But you don't have time for that when you have a business. Especially when you have young kids and you got bills Mm -hmm. to pay and stuff like that. You need to move on things. And understanding that I sure I could wait another month maybe continue to gather more information but I just need to move on it I need to decide and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna learn and I'm gonna know yeah and so that's it's scary but you need to know it and taking that action and finding out is gonna teach me more than any research I can do any you know calling someone else up and interviewing them to see how it worked for them that kind of thing and then another one I read from uh, from Michelle Obama's book Becoming I'll it's okay. I'll read it. Absolutely. Uh, I don't have it memorized yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: So while you're doing that, I'm just going to say, I love my audible account mm-hmm. and I specifically chose to get that on audible because she narrates it. And I was like, I miss you so much. I just want to hear you for 16 hours <laughs> talking my ears. And it was like, Oh
1: yeah. Oh huh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: I didn't realize she was coming in March because I'm seeing Barack Obama in March. So yeah. they must, they're just on there splitting up their cities. Yeah. I think yeah.
1: They're, he's coming a couple of weeks before or a week before or something oh, like okay. that. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe they're spending a week in Alberta. I know. don't know. Yep. Stalking <laughs> yeah. Stalking <Yep>. the Obamas. Yeah. Yeah. She says it on page 421. I have it written down in case anyone's curious. <laughs> she says, there's power in allowing yourself to be known and heard, in owning your unique story, in using your authentic voice. And there's grace in being willing to know and hear others. I think that's really powerful because it just, it it speaks to the ability to, like she says, hear others, listen to what they have to say, accept it. And just the power of listening and the power of Saying what you need to say. Yeah. Right? There is power in that, in owning your story. It's owning it within yourself and then being able to share it with others and help others through it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. What is the
0: best life lesson you've learned or advice that you've been given?
1: It probably ties a little bit to that action leads to clarity, but paying attention to the hard things. If there's something that I'm resisting, like, why am I resisting that? But also just if there's something that's uncomfortable, understanding if it's uncomfortable because it's not right or if it's uncomfortable because it's, I'm putting myself out there, it's making me vulnerable and then I just need to, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Another one that kind of keeps coming up more and more lately and I, there's probably a quote and I can't think of what it is, but it's something about like the sun creates shade in equal measure or something like that. Okay. And so when you think of, you know, you have a baby and you have this wonderful baby, but then you go through, you know, nine months of pregnancy and however many hours of labor of hell to get there. Yeah. Right. And so it just makes me think of like the highs and the lows. And so when you're yeah. in these low, dark, tough times, then you're going to have, you know, an equal measure of yeah. of positive times coming out of that
0: it kind of speaks to what you're saying about it like entrepreneurship or life in Mm -hmm. general not being that linear line about it being ups and downs and being okay with that Mm -hmm. instead of seeing it as like a freaky stock market Um, yeah (laughs) yeah when
1: you see that up and down it does it makes you think of the stock market it's really scary but then also you know once you learn it for yourself then you can you see it in other people and you might think like oh this person has it so easy they're flying high but you know that they have their stuff too. Yeah. They've been through stuff. They wouldn't get there without yeah. having their own shade, right?
0: And even the people I find sometimes, even the people you think you know so well, mm-hmm. you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We all no. have our stuff.
1: Yeah. And the final question, Kristen, is what does it mean to you to live your best life? Mm, I love that question. Uh, it means freedom, living my life with intention, making decisions with intention, understanding you know, who I am and creating a life for myself to To live in alignment with that, and so that you know, kind of speaks to again starting. My Russ and I were st- starting our businesses at the same time. We knew it was important. We wanted to try. We wanted to do. We're willing to take the risk. It's scary, but it has create helped us create this sense of freedom um, in our time and in the way that we live our life. Yeah, in doing that.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank
1: you.